0: Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. I love this morning, that's what missions the whole mission service is, uh, is for us to see the big picture of what God is doing around the world, Amen. And it's just amazing to see us with the flags and all that represent, the flags out front. And I just can't wait till we double those flags out front. When people drive down, they know that this church is not just a church here that meets on Sundays, but we are impacting the world. And one of the ways we do it is through our missions, amen? Uh, and so uh, that's so exciting. So why don't you uh, stand with me, open your Bibles to Romans chapter 10. I'm gonna go ahead and, and see how far this message. Uh, Miranda basically preached my message today. Everything was preached today, so it's a simple message. It's probably one of the most important scriptures we're getting ready to work, to read. Let, let me let me set this up. This is one of the most important scriptures in all of the Bible that we're getting ready to read when it deals with salvation. How do you go to heaven? How do you become born again? Right. This is the big question we want to ask. He tells us the answer. It's in Romans 10. Memorize verse 9 and 10. Romans 10:10. 10, 10. Easy to remember. So we're going to read Romans chapter 10, verse 9. I'm going to jump around a little bit. And then we're going to get into uh, the message today as we talk about the gospel. The gospel is what we have been entrusted with today. And we've got to be good stewards of it. But in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, this is to answer the question, how do you get saved? It says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus... And believe in your head, heart. Believe me, that is a huge difference. Huge difference. I grew up in the church, and I knew all about Jesus, and it was all up here. But how many know I was about eight inches away from the kingdom of God? America has heard the gospel till we're blue in the face. We know and we have heard. But here it tells us we got to confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. You will be saved. Look at that. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it, that's, that's beautiful. For with the, Then he explains it. For with the heart, not the head, the heart, one believes unto righteousness. And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Look at verse 14. This is our message again. Then he starts going into stewardship here to us. He says, how then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? Who's they? They. They are the people that have not heard yet. Anybody got anybody in your family that's not serving the Lord? Anybody in your family, those of you that are watching online, you got anybody in your family that's not saved? This is the, they are the they there. Paul says, how will they, the people that you want to be saved and want them to get saved? He says, how are they going to call on him if they have not believed and how are they going to believe in him whom they have not heard and how shall they hear without a preacher and how shall they preach unless they are sent and then he quotes a scripture from the old testament how beautiful are the feet we sing this song how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tithings of good news thank you lord for your word i pray god right now lord Anyone listening or here in the building that does not know you, that God, today their hearts would be open to receive you into their lives today so they can be changed. I pray those of us who are believers and followers of of you, God, today we would be challenged and awakened to the responsibility that we are stewards of the gospel. It is up to us to speak the gospel and to share the gospel and to send the gospel around the world. And I pray that today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Go ahead and grab a seat. Uh, one of the most valuable gifts there in your outline, I have it there at the very top. One of the most valuable gifts we have been entrusted with is the gospel. That's what we have been given by God. It's his story. He owns it all. We've been talking about stewardship. Well, the gospel is his story. Uh, and we have been given the responsibility to share the gospel there's no other person uh, god used human beings in throughout the bible to share the gospel even when angels uh, would appear to people angels appeared to cornelius for instance in acts and what did he tell him he said go find peter who will tell you the way of salvation why didn't the angel just tell him how to get saved why didn't the angel just appear to him and say hey you got to believe in the lord jesus because it's not the angel's job Angels are not the ones that share the gospel no angel ever in the Bible shared the gospel with anybody The angel said you go find Peter because it's Peter's responsibility To tell you the gospel and once you hear the gospel you and I then have a responsibility to share the gospel This is part of our identity. We've been talking a lot about about, a, a lot about our identity I'm gonna give you another identity statement today. We are ambassadors for Christ tell the person next to you you are sitting next to an ambassador Put it in, if you're online, you say, I am an ambassador. You are an ambassador. What is an ambassador? ambassador is somebody sent to a foreign land to represent their country. That's what an ambassador is. When Russia began to attack Ukraine, uh, America had our embassy evacuate and our ambassadors to leave. What's an embassy? An embassy is a the, is the real estate that's a part of another country in a foreign land. So let's spiritualize that. We are ambassadors for Christ, and our embassy is the kingdom of God. So America is in another country, so an American embassy. And what that is, is the ambassador, that's his headquarters. And he lives by the principles, values, and morals and laws of that embassy. We are in America, but we are part of the kingdom of God. So we live by the principles, the morals, the values, and the laws uh, of the kingdom of God. We are ambassadors. What has happened, unfortunately, in a lot of places like America, is many of the ambassadors have left the embassy and have become a citizen of that land. That's what I'm here to remind us today not to do that. One of our identity statements a few last month when I preached is, is that we are a citizen of the kingdom of God. And the tension that we live in as Christians is not to love our nation more than we love our kingdom. Let me say that here in America. We are called to love America. Absolutely, I fight for this nation. I believe in America. I thank God for it. But make no mistake, I love my kingdom of God more than the United States of America. I know that's like, oh, I don't know even to how to respond to that. I love America. America is a blessed nation that God's blessing has been upon us. Our nation has sent more missionaries around the world than any other nation in the world. America has. I believe that's why God's blessing has been upon our nation. But we keep kicking him out. We're going to just invite trouble. Amen? But we are ambassadors for Christ. Everybody say, I'm an ambassador. You're an ambassador. You got a scripture for that? Yeah, 2 Corinthians 5.20. Paul says, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were making an appeal through us. Look at that. God uses us to appeal to people. He says, so so I beg you on behalf of Christ to be reconciled unto God. It is our job to tell people about Jesus Christ. The very first thing you need to learn to do as a Christian is learn how to share the gospel. Everybody here is an ambassador. It's not Pastor Eddie's job. I'm here to equip you. That's what I'm doing right now. Is giving you this information. I'm giving you the gospel message to equip you so we can go into our marketplace. We go into our works, our schools, our homes, and be ambassadors in our homes. We raise our families in America. We go to school. We enjoy life. We go on vacation. Many are out this week, spring break. Amen. Have a great time. But make no mistake about it at the end of the day we are not citizens of this world we are citizens of the kingdom we live by a greater rule a moral law we are to love our enemies even though the culture says differently the culture says all about you and look out for you and whoever has the most money whoever has the most toys at the end of your life you win that's the philosophy of our culture where the kingdom of God said what does it profit a man if you own all the money in the world but you lose your soul you see what I'm saying that, that's kingdom stuff there. So we work our jobs, we live our lives, we, we enjoy life, but we are part of a kingdom of God. We are ambassadors to tell people, our loved ones especially, about the gospel. So what is the gospel? I'm glad you asked me that. The word gospel means good news. Everybody say good news. How many think we need to hear some good news today? We need to hear some good news. Amen. The gospel means good news. The word means good news. And what I've given you on your outline there is a simple, best way I can um, give you a definition of the gospel. It says the gospel is this. This is the gospel. The gospel is the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. He lived the life we should have lived and he died the death we should have died in our place three days later he rose from the dead proven he is the son of God and offering salvation and forgiveness of sins to everyone who repents and believes in him that's that's the gospel I can't shorten it anymore I know it's kind of wordy but listen memorize that it don't have to be word for word just memorize and many of you know it I know that I'm preaching to the choir here today but if you if you've never heard the gospel or you don't understand what it was. I went to church for a while before I ever heard a clear definition of what the gospel was. It's only in the scripture twice. This is one of them. And the gospel message is that, that it's the good news that God became man in Jesus Christ. And he lived a perfect life. He lived the life we should have lived, but we can't be perfect. Everybody say amen. Amen. Elbow the person next to you say, now he's really talking to you, amen. We can't be perfect. Ain't nobody going to be perfect. No one is good enough on our best day. Oh, I can get to heaven by just being a good person. I don't need that Jesus. I'm just a good person. You ain't good enough, brother. You ain't good enough and I'm not good enough. If we can get to heaven by simply being a good person, then Jesus Christ didn't have to die. Jesus Christ did not have to die such a horrible death if there was other ways to get to heaven. I'm preaching today. This is simple Christianity Gospel 101. You don't have to know everything about the Bible. You don't have to memorize and know all of that, but you do need to know the Gospel, what I'm preaching you today. You need to know what I'm telling you today. To word it however you want, but that's the Gospel message, that God came and lived a perfect life, and then He died the death we should have died. And that's our problem, we don't think our sins are, worthy of that kind of thing. I'm just, you know, no one's perfect. Yeah, that's right. We all have sinned and broken the laws of God. Well, I've only lied. I've only done this. Ray, I didn't do half of what you did. You know, when I share my story, people go, man, well, you needed Jesus. Like they didn't. Listen, have you ever lied? Has anybody here ever lied? How many has ever lied? The rest of you are lying right now. You're lying right now. The Bible says that if you have broken just one of the commandments of the Bible, if you have just broken one commandment, you have broken all of them. Because you are a law breaker. Ooh, that hurts my feelings. Good. We have got to see ourselves in the desperate need of a savior or we won't receive Jesus. Because if we have what we think we already have, that's righteous enough, that's called self-righteousness. Paul the apostle was a self-righteous dude. He was a religious dude. He did all the ceremonies, he prayed all the little prayers, but in his heart, it wasn't in his heart, it was all in his head. Some people make a big deal over the name of Jesus. i got to be baptized in the name of Jesus. i got to have a communion in the name of Jesus. You can say that until you're blue in the face, but if you don't know the person of Jesus, it's all for nothing. Ooh, slid that one in there didn't I? It's true. Jesus said on that day many will say I did many things in your name. And Jesus said, "Yeah, but you never knew the person." Jesus is not a name. Only he is a person. Many know the name, but do you know the person? Are you following the person? Do you have a relationship with the person, Jesus? That means you start every day by talking to him. He's involved in your life. He's involved in your finances. He's involved the way you raise your kids. He's involved when you do sin and you mess up. The first person you talk to is Jesus. Because he's your friend. He's your Lord. He's your Savior. And you've got a relationship with him. But if you got a religion, it's all about a name, it's all about how you look, it's all about on the outward uh, appearance of how we are. It never gets to the heart, but the gospel goes right to the heart. It says if you believe in your heart, the Lord Jesus. Because I grew up in church knowing it all up here. I could say amen, I knew the scriptures, I knew what the preacher was gonna say before he even finished preaching, and that was my dad. Or whatever preacher we went to, great assembly of God, Pastor Brown. I fell asleep every service, especially Sunday nights. I was raised in church. I knew it all. The only time I got really something woke me up was someone had them tambourines going next to us. We leave all the instruments to the worship team, amen? So that's why we don't have them here today. The God, Everybody say the gospel. We all have sinned. We've all broken the laws of God. It's like a balloon effect. Whether you shoot the balloon with a 12-gauge or you just take a little needle and you pop it, it's gonna bust. No matter what sin you and I have committed, we busted God's perfect bubble. That means we all need Jesus Christ in our life because he died the death of all of our sin. So we can be made real righteous in the eyes of God. That's the gospel message. If we repent of our sins and believe in the Lord Jesus, you shall Be saved. So, to be a good steward of the gospel, how do you be a good steward of that? What I just told you. Number one, you receive the first, you got to receive the gospel. (laughs) You got to receive it. Don't just hear it, you got to receive it. You, how do you receive it? You believe it. You believe it. You believe what I'm telling you right now. You believe that gospel message. That's how you receive it. Because, like I said, many people have heard. Look at this one scripture in Hebrews. It says, For indeed the gospel was preached to us as well as to them, being those of the Old Testament and so forth, but the word which they heard did not profit them, didn't work for them. Why? Because it wasn't mixed with faith in those that heard it. So, see, faith activates the gospel. Faith activates that gospel. You can hear that Jesus can set you free that Jesus died for your sins and you can have a new start in life. You can be forgiven. You can be cleansed in your conscience with guilt and shame. You can hear about it, but until you believe that, you won't activate it. And it's just another story to a, about another religious thing or person. And we'll miss the entire power of the gospel. Let me give you a, for instance, in Luke chapter four, Jesus preached his very first message. You guys probably heard it. It's his very first message. And by the end of his message, they chased him out of a church and tried to throw him off a cliff. That's the kind of Jesus we serve. He he would not be welcome in a lot of our churches today. He was a disruptor of religious people. He, he was a disruptor. He would eat with sinners. He would go and sit down with prostitutes and harlots and drunkards and he would sit with them and he would talk with them and he would say, man, God loves you and has a plan for your life. He would, he would talk with them and they didn't like that. But Jesus in his very first message, he said, the spirit is upon me. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel. There it is. He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Who's the poor? Those that are neglected. This is good news for those that have been neglected. You might have been disowned by your family or neglected by your family. Maybe you didn't even have a good father uh, in your life, a good relationship with your father or your mother. Jesus said, I've been anointed by God to come to people like that and to let you know that you are accepted. You are loved. God loves you and he created you and designed you for a specific purpose. He has a plan for your life. No matter what is wrong with you on planet earth, he can start again. I've got good news for you that God lived a life you should have lived and he died in your place so you can know him that's the gospel that's the gospel to the poor. amen he said he has sent me to the broken hearted he has sent me to heal the broken hearted he has sent me to heal the brokenness he can heal our brokenness the gospel message says he can heal your brokenness to proclaim freedom to the prisoners oh pastor Ari, i've never been in jail well there's a lot of different kind of jails that you can be in You can be free and not be behind bars, but you can be living in a prison of unforgiveness. You can be living in a prison of only if I would have done this. You can be living in a prison of shame, a prison of guilt. The gospel can set you free. See, it's good news. The gospel can set you free from that. I have come to preach that those can be healed and set free, to set the oppressed free and proclaim the year of the Lord. My life changed forever because I not only heard that, but I believed that. Why don't you just stop here before I go any further that we want to see a miracle of God. Well, there's miracles. Whatever. We're in this building is a miracle of God. Talked with someone the other day and they said, man, I remember you guys on Savage Road and, and just a small church and, and praying and believing God. And just to see this, he, the words that he used was, it's amazing. It's absolutely, it's amazing. It's a miracle if you heard the whole story. But you're also sitting next to miracles right now in this seat. My life was dramatically changed by what I just read to you. I went from loving the party life abusing my bodies in and out of the legal system. I loved to party. You hear me? I loved it. That was what my life was all about. That's what I loved. I would never picture myself being in church. It wasn't me. It wasn't the Bible. What? I wouldn't read it. I didn't have no desire for it. You need to listen to this and hear this. It's where I was. That's how I was. If you would have told me I was going to be a pastor, I would say, man, you're smoking that stuff. I'm smoking, ain't you? no idea no no desire my desires were for things that were destroying me but on november the 5th 1997 i remember the day i said god come into my life i have sinned those three hardest words that people will ever say they won't say i said god i've sinned forgive me come into my life Make me new. I don't know if I can live this life. I don't know, God, I I don't know if I can, but I'm gonna give my whole heart to you. I'm gonna go home and I'm gonna pour all the alcohol out. I'm gonna get my little weed and and my cocaine and everything I got up in the rafters, I'm gonna pour it down the toilet. I'm going to get rid of all of it, God. I'm even going to go to some of my music that stirs up the darkness in me and that, and that just causes and tempts me to, to live for the world. Anything that's a hindrance, God, I'm, I'm breaking up with the devil because I'm getting engaged and becoming married to my bride. And you've got to work that out on whatever is going on in your life. But for me, this is how you do it. This is called radical repentance, what I'm telling you. Josiah, the youngest king in Israel, when he got his eyes opened and he read the word of God, the Bible says he he ripped his garment and said, what have we been doing all these years? We've been playing church. He said, what are we doing with all these idols in our nation and all these idols in our country? He said, tear down all the strongholds, tear down all the idols. We are going to worship and serve Jehovah God and him only. And the Bible says a great revival broke out in Israel. That was the last revival, by the way, that Israel ever experienced. It started with an eight-year-old kid who had an encounter with God and said, I'm not going to do those things that's going to cause me to walk away from God. But he got serious with God and he did, so that's what I did. And like I said, you've got to work that out with God. Say, God, what am I doing right now in my life that your word clearly says don't do that? Because if God says don't do that, he's a loving father, he must have a good reason. So it takes, here it is, faith to either believe and get rid of that stuff or I really don't believe that. Because when we don't do what God tells us to do, it's not a demon It's not the devil, it's our unbelief. It's all it is. You you wanna hear something that'll shake your life forever? I heard this years ago. The only part of the Bible that you and I really believe are the parts that we're living. So I'm short in that area, I don't know about you. So I say God, the part where I need to control my temper, I need to control my jealousy. I need to control these desires, the doubt. That's sin, I struggle with that. Help me, Father, to overcome that. God says, I've been waiting for you to bring it to me. I'm gonna take that from you. I'm gonna replace that with faith and confidence. That's the gospel. How's it going, Pastor? 25 years this year, this fall, I have been clean and sober. And loving it, and loving it. Amen, give God praise, loving it, loving it. Loving it. He causes you to love the things I say it all the time. He causes you to love the things you used to hate and you hate and hate the things you used to love. It's amazing to me. I don't need that stuff no more. I don't need to take a toke on nothing to help me sleep. I don't need that no more. Do I have anxiety? Do I have yeah, if you watch the news, the world is falling apart. So I turn it off and I get back in the word. And I get back my eyes back on God. And I said, God, you brought me this far. You ain't going to leave me. I need the gospel message. I need some good news today. And the good news is God owns it all because he created it all. And he's in control. And he's not going to leave us or forsake us. He won't leave us or forsake us. My job is just to believe that. And when I believe, hear me today. When you believe the word of God, not just hear it, not just underline it, not even memorize it, but when you believe it, it activates the power of the gospel. Right. It activates it in your life. That's how it is activated in your life. Romans, Paul said, I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ for it is the gospel unto God. Let me give you the, number two. First, you gotta, you gotta uh, believe it. Number two, share the gospel. Share the gospel. This is how you be a good steward of the gospel. Not only do you believe it, you gotta believe it. Everyone say you gotta believe. Yeah, gotta believe it. Secondly, you gotta share it. To be a good steward, we've got to share it. When you first believe it, the very first thing you need to learn to do is to share the gospel. It says, it says, How can they believe unless they hear? Jesus said it like this He said, If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person. Wow, think of that. He said, if anyone is ashamed of me and my word, I'm gonna be ashamed of you before my father. In Matthew, he said it like that. That, that is uh, something that really gets our attention. But let me say it like this. It, it shouldn't be a requirement. It's, it's not a requirement to share the gospel. It's a privilege. Get to the place where you take that gospel today. I hope you keep this in your notes or in your Bible. Maybe fold it, maybe take a picture of it. Screenshot it if you're watching online. And, and dissect what that says and master the ability to tell that gospel message with your story, like I just did. I just gave you just a snippet of my story. You know what, what will happen when you and I share our faith? It keeps us from becoming religious. Listen to me, those of you that's been serving the Lord for a minute. When's the last time have you shared it? I know, just you answer that between you and God because it's easier to hear the gospel than share the gospel. It is, it is. But what I've learned is when you and I share the gospel, it helps keep us from becoming religious. Share it, watch what happens. God just causes a fire to burn in your heart and it just takes you to another whole level. We should be sharing the gospel. Man, there's so many opportunities to preach and to share the word of God. Paul said, that's what he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of God, for it is the what? The power of God to salvation for everyone who what? Believes. There it is again, believing. There's that word believing again. It is the power unto God for everyone who believes. I'm telling you, you can walk away from a life of addiction right now if you would just believe that Jesus Christ can set you free. I was gonna go into AA and all them programs, and I had to go to one because of my driving record. I got all messed up, I had to go to them classes. And I really, really wanted to quit, I did. I really wanted to quit drinking, I really wanted to turn my life around. I could not do it. it. I wouldn't tell nobody that, but I could not do it. But when I received Jesus Christ in my Lord, I just said that prayer, but I meant it in my heart. Something happened. I went home and I did, I got rid of all that stuff in my basement, my basement was set up as a bar. Everybody partied at my house. I got rid of it, I just poured that stuff out. I went, I did that, I went through even the music. I did, I did that. It's hard to get your mind on God when you're listening to Straight of Compton. It's a brother that'll smother your mother and make your sister think I love her. Dangerous, that was my boy, Eazy-E. Listen to those lyrics. It's a brother that'll smother your mother and make your sister think I love her that was my dude I even had long hair trying to be like easy e. it was a little wavy he's got jerry curl but anyway I had the waves And my mind would be all about yeah dr. Drake right Ladon, me and him we were all into that memorizing those words we, that was that was our life now you may be you know all my exes lives in Texas or whatever I don't know I don't know some of them songs Laying in bed with Linda and I got Tina on my mind. I mean, come on, that's what? And you're wanting God to bless your marriage and to get you free from lust. I'm just saying, I'm just saying you pray about it. God, I want to have the boldness. I, I want to, I want to treat my wife better. Well, listen to songs that cause her a bee and a hole. We don't need deliverance. We just need discipline. And what I love about God, it's not about getting rid of stuff, it's about replacing stuff. God don't want you to get rid of stuff, He wants you to replace it with stuff. I got turned on to all kinds of Christian hip-hop and Christian music and 116 and Lecrae and Flame. Them guys, and them lyrics that they say and the beats that they have. Now you may not relate to that, but me and my world and my generation and where I came from would eat that up. These are real skills preaching the gospel and making it rhyme. Some of us can't even say it without making it rhyme. These dudes can break down the word of God and talk about living holy and living pure, being a young person, keeping your virginity, not sleeping around everybody. I mean, they got songs like that, that our young people and our kids need to be listening to that. I don't want to be that guy, but you know, Pastor Eddie, my kid's just full of rebellion. What are they listening to? Cardi B, she's not anointed of God. I mean, pray for her. But man, I mean, that explains a lot of stuff What we listen to. Kids, and it's not just for kids, adults. We follow anything we see on TV. Someone said the other day, it's gotten so bad that if the Kardashians came out and said they have a gluten allergy... Doctors said guaranteed they would have a gluten problem within the whole country it would just go on. Everybody automatically would think they have a gluten problem. I, just, I, I said, he's not even a preacher. His point was the power of social media and the power of TV. If we could just get them people to stand up and say, Jesus loves you. Yes. And I pray Kim Kardashian gives, I mean, Conway, Kanye, Kanye, how much time we got? Kanye. <laughs> Kanye needs some prayer. I, people make fun of him, but the brother needs some prayer. Justin Bieber, he, he's wanting to serve God. That's what you see. There's a struggle going in with these guys. Just like the struggle going on with you. The only difference is they got millions and billions of dollars in the bank. Jesus said how hard it is for a rich man to come to the kingdom of God. So next time we judge Kanye. And I know, I know they say two things right now. Pray for Kanye. Pray for these guys. Because they're fighting demons that you and I don't even realize. But here's the whole thing. <laughs> share the gospel. Share it with them. Share it with your kids. My girls were teenager. We'd sit down, okay, what's going on? What, what's, before we had social media, we would talk about hot topics. We'd talk about it. Okay, what, what's going on then? What do you think about it? What does the Bible say about it? And we would talk about it. That's how you have those conversations. And then you share the gospel with that. That's exactly what it means to share the gospel. And there is power in it when people receive it. Are you listening today? Hallelujah. Billy Graham, I love this quote. He says, he says, our faith becomes stronger as we express it. A growing faith is a sharing faith. Your faith grows stronger when you express it. Try it. Try it. You don't gotta know all the books of the Bible. You don't gotta know you should one day get to there. But at least master the ability to communicate the gospel. That's what everybody, that's your homework. I pray that you will at least tell one person, many of you already do into this. You're just hearing me right now and you're going, yeah. I'm just encouraging you. Many of us are are doing it. I I love to do this and in a minute, I'm gonna ask for those that wanna accept Christ, either here in the building or watching online and every week we get people. We've had four, every service, including Wednesday night in the last two months. I don't know what's with the number four. That's awesome, throwing the net out. So there's a way to go fishing by throwing the net out or you do the little rotten reel one at a time. And one at a time, that's at work. I still love to do that. That's why I go down to Life Challenge, that's why I have conversations with people down, at the, the, uh, down here with the police and the fire chief as a chaplain. I love to have one-on-ones with people and to help them understand the gospel message and watch lights come on in their face and pray with them, be able to lead them to Jesus. There's no greater joy than to pray the Christian prayer uh, with a person. How many has ever led someone to the Lord? Let me just see those hands, amen. Thank you, wow. How many would love to lead someone to the Lord? You have never experienced the presence of God on your life until you get into a conversation about salvation. You will fight, you talk about spiritual warfare, you'll be fighting spiritual warfare. You will be fighting your own thoughts, you'll be stuttering, you'll be all of this, but the more you do it, the easier it gets. The more stronger you get in your faith, the more confident. You kind of know all the answers. I I love to say this when they ask me stuff like this. I love to say this. I don't know, but I'll go find out for you. But I do know this, how to get saved, because we all just read it, and it says if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart, you shall be saved. That's the gospel. Lastly, how do you be a good steward? Number one, you believe it. Number two, you share it. Number three, you send it. You send it. We are a good steward of the gospel because we're help sending it. We may not all go to Ukraine. How many want to go to Ukraine right now? It's a couple of you do. Amen. God bless you. How many want to go to China? China. A couple of us. Yeah, I'm getting ready to have a grandbaby this year. So uh, Miranda and Tyler's not going. But anyway, uh, we're not going. I mean, not everybody's like, yeah, I'll go. I'll go to Saudi Arabia, I'll go to China where you are persecuted in other parts of the world where you are executed because you are a Christian. That's going on right now. North Korea, Go home wants to go to North Korea and go walk on the street and, and share the gospel. Not many of us, but we got missionaries who would do that. So when we take money like this and we try to do offerings and we all do this, this is what we do with it. We send it to them, to the smileys who's going to Ukraine. Because it says, how will they here unless they have a preacher. And how will they have a preacher unless we send them? Amen? Amen. Amen? All right, I'm done preaching. Hallelujah. Let's just close our Bibles, close our notebooks right now. Hallelujah. When I said earlier about getting radical repentance and getting things out of your life, I really mean that. Listen. I can't tell you what is right and what is wrong to listen to, watch, that's exhausting, that's not my job. But anything that hinders the ability for you to be sold out to God, anything that keeps you from surrendering everything to God, that thing has become an idol. It's it's in the way and God says if you remove that, if you remove, trust me, if you remove that, I'll give you even something better. For me, I didn't think there was anything better than my drugs and alcohol in my lifestyle, I really didn't. I know I needed to calm down a little bit, I was little, so I did. I got a job. I wasn't doing the hard drugs as much. I was making money, but I was still empty on the inside. I still needed, I looked forward to my drinking. I looked forward to getting high, my little buzz going. I looked forward to that. I looked forward to all these things. And, but when I made a 180 and said, God, come into my life because your gospel says you can set me free. And I don't know if you can, I really don't, everyone else has tried. I mean, I was on two different probations. I stood in front of a judge. I was facing over 40 years if I would have got found convicted of that felony. I, and I, I could not stay out of trouble. They gave me the, the diversion program where I had to stay out of trouble for at least one year. I could not even get a moving violation, a parking ticket. And almost all the way through and still couldn't do it. It was God's mercy that I didn't go to the penitentiary but I couldn't stop was my point. When I believed in my heart that God could forgive me of all of my sins and he really could change my life, I believed that. That day, that moment, I was set free and delivered. And I'm not saying this to make anyone feel bad because maybe you've struggled and your story's different than mine, but I want you to know I'm only saying this to give you hope. You see, I give you my victories to impress you, but I tell you my struggles to impact you you sell out to God like that. I did not, I have not relapsed one time in 25 years. How do you, here's my point. How do you explain that? How do you, ex, if you don't believe in God, tell me how did that happen? To change my entire life, to go from the streets of Ecorse to being your pastor. I didn't even want to be a pastor. I've have been doing this for nine years. Was it a shot the doctor gave me? What is your medical explanation? I went to counseling, went to therapy, that helps. How do, you, how do you really rehabilitate somebody from the inside out? You can't. It's not a policy written on any piece of paper, any piece of paper in any office that can change a heart. The only thing that can change a heart is the gospel message of Jesus Christ. How do you get it to work believe it believe it father god there's people right now listening to me that are still struggling with things that you told them they can be set free from father forgive us because we really if we must admit it we really haven't believed you in that and so father we just pray right now god forgive us number one of our unbelief forgive us of that unbelief right now lord and help us to have the faith right now. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word and you have heard the word today. So everybody listening to me right now, whether you're in the building or you're watching online, I know you have the faith to believe. All you have to do is choose to believe and that will activate the gospel in your life. Now, with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, I want to first say, if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you haven't surrendered to him, you might have had a religion or an ideal about God, but to be honest, you're really not living for him. He's not your Lord and Savior, but you want to today. You want to receive the gospel today. Pastor Eddie, pray for me. I want you just to lift up your hand. Be bold and be courageous and say, pray for me today. Lift that hand, amen, amen. Uh, those of you that are at home, respond. You can put an emoji in that line. Lift your hand and say, pray for me, pray for me, pray for me. For me, amen, amen, amen. Those that are here today say, Pastor Eddie, I need to get set free. I need to be set free need from oppression, from anything that's been bothering me and, and, and hindering my walk with God. I want to be delivered today. How many would say, Pray for me? Pray for me, pray for me, pray for me today. Anybody lift those hands today? Amen. Pray for me. This is why I want us to want us to stand. Want us to stand. Everybody stand. I'm gonna open up these altars. Those of you that are at home, you can pray at home. But I want to give you a chance to respond and apply this gospel message. How do you apply it? You believe that you receive it by believing it. That Jesus Christ can set you free. He can change a heart. Only he can do it. A religion cannot do that. But a relationship with God can do that. What did I do after I prayed that prayer? I went to church. I started going to church. I started reading doing different things in my life and God began to bring other people into my life and those desires begin to change some of them changed immediately most of them begin to change over time the more I read, the more I believed the more I read, the more I believed the more that happened, the more I was set free because faith activates the gospel you could be set free from depression today oh, that, that's a big one for all of us I fight some anxiety sometimes just just comes over me when I start thinking to things, you know what I do? I say, I start calling on the name of the Lord. Father God, just right now I pray that you give me a, a calm heart and a peace. Lord, I just set my mind on you because you said, He who sets his mind on you, you shall give us perfect peace. Amen. Says somebody here today, I'm going to open up these altars. If you need to come and pray, we're going to sing one more song. You come on up and you pray. You need to give your life to jesus christ you come on up and pray but you need pray you need to be set free right now today can be the day once you come out of your seat be bold be strong ain't nobody here gonna make fun of you or look at you we all need it how many need more of god in your life how many need the gospel in your life today amen so come on come on up to the front let's worship today and let god just begin to set set us free in jesus name presence, his promises in all people, and you can watch one of our services that way as well. So God bless you. I pray God's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week. Amen.